Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is a show where we talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, live fire, fun, and frivolity show. If you are anxious to take part in the show this evening through phone calls and emails, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It is the second Tuesday of a brand new month, and you know what that means. It is a visit from none other than the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. Meathead will be joining us. For 14 and 35 past per usual, we have some things to get into, not the least of which was Robert Moss's shooting down of Meathead's claim that Katz's Deli in New York City is the longest running and continuously owned, family owned barbecue restaurant in the United States. If you were a fan of Robert Moss's segment a couple weeks ago, you would have heard him say, Nice thought. In reality, as we do the research and we track down ages and who actually started this stuff, the original cats got like 11 or 12 years old or whatever it was. So it was off by 11, 12 years, maybe more than that. You can go back and listen to the replay if you're really into hearing all of the particulars, which I would recommend. But we'll talk to Meathead about Robert Moss's research and then assertion that it is indeed not the oldest barbecue joint in America at this point. And we also will talk about a number of other things. We'll get the monthly update on where the rubs and sauces are as they are getting ready to launch. Rubs definitely first. Sauces were still on hold last month, at least for the foreseeable future. He was not very happy with those at all. But rubs definitely on track. We'll get an update on Meetup 2021. And with the remaining time, we'll talk about because a lot of people like to call this grilling season is now underway. A lot of people think that Memorial Day weekend is when the grilling season really happens. But in advance of that, if you weren't somebody that went out and bought a new cooker during the COVID situation of a year ago, like a lot of people did or added to the arsenal, and you're looking to do that this year, we'll go ahead and talk to you about ways we go about or advice that we give folks when they're asking us, what should we get? So that will be Meathead. Then we'll move to the second hour, and it's a reload from the 35 past the first hour last week. We attempted to connect with Len Aberman, the co-host of the Baseball and Barbecue podcast. That didn't work out. We had a very successful test last night. That can only mean one thing. Success on the test night means utter and disaster failure when it counts on Tuesday nights. But we're going to go ahead and think positive at this point and go from there. So I will reattempt to connect with Len Aberman. We will learn about his background. We'll learn about the show, baseball and barbecue. We'll talk about a whole bunch of cool things. So Len Aberman promising to be a good guest and showing a little stick to by coming on just a week after we attempted to connect. Closing out the show, everybody's favorite. If you've always wanted to call in the show, but you haven't found the right timing, 
the ever-popular open segment will find its way back into the show. I think first time this year, maybe second time. I have plenty of things to talk about. I have a Green Mountain Grill update that I want to talk to you about. I have a I have something to share. Not the least of which will be me reading a passage from my newest favorite book. What? My newest favorite book is what I'm telling you. And that says a lot for me because you know I love reading, right? It's one of my fave things to do. Love reading. But I will be reading a passage from my newest favorite book. I hope that that has set the hook for an hour and 25 minutes from now. That's what's happening this evening. Don't forget you can follow me socially, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. And slash BBQ Central Show, Facebook, Twitch, slash RD Rempy on YouTube. Those last three for video feedbacks. Listener feedback or video feeds. Listener feedback from the show last week. John in Arizona writes, Greg, catching up on the second hour today. And really enjoy the conversation between you and Sam, the cooking guy. I appreciate the story you shared with us and how it was creating havoc in your life. Glad you got out of it and into something that you like. First of all, John, appreciate you taking the time to write into the show. And I'm glad you found my recounting of the airline story of some benefit to you. And I can't believe I I was talking with Sam, the cooking guy, offline a couple days later, and we were talking about that particular portion of the segment and how people get caught up in all this stuff. And I told him, and I didn't say this. I didn't say this. In the worst, darkest hours of me, sales guy, becoming operations guy for that hellhole charter company, there was a definitive point in time when I was up in my, I remember this like it was yesterday. It was uh, later in the evening. I had just gotten done doing something for work. I was trying to muster some kind of effort to put into the show prep for the show that was going to be happening. This was getting into a weekend. And I went upstairs into our bedroom. My wife's office was in the bedroom. And I was standing behind her and I said, you know, I think I'm going to quit the show. I think it's over. I don't, I don't think that I can do this job with the airplanes and and do the show and I'm I think I'm going to stop. I think I'm going to do one more show and that's going to be it. This would have been two, sometime in 2014 uh getting into 2015. I think 15 was the last quarter of the of the year that first quarter was the last months that I had worked there. And she said you know what? No way. You're not going to quit the show. Because your day job is a travesty, a train wreck, causing you emotion. But the show is something you have done for years and years and years because you love it, because you're passionate about it, because you want to connect with people, because you want to spread the word. Everything that you do that you have grown the show into and you're not going to have that job quit the show for you. This isn't you talking. This is the job talking. You don't feel like that you can do both and that for some reason you feel like the show is the better option to quit. The better option to quit is the day job. There's no doubt about it. And she said, do you really want to, do you really want to quit the show? Is that what would make you feel better? And I said, I, no, of course it wouldn't, but I, I don't see any other way out of it. And she said, well, do it for another month and see what happens. And, and we'll, reconvene after a month and we'll talk about it again. And if you still feel like you want to quit the show, then you'll do the show for another month and then we'll reconvene again in a month and see how you feel after that. And by that time I had already found another job and I had moved on to much bigger and better things as I remain now starting my six year uh, next month with Peterbilt. But there was a very real and very poignant part in the show's lifespan where there was going to be no show. I was quitting the show. That's how bad that job, like I thought I did a pretty good job of painting the picture of how bad it was last week. But when I was talking to Sam offline and I told him that, he's like, why didn't you mention that when we were like, that seems to be a very pivotal point 
in your whole lifespan and the genesis of the show that there was a point where you were going to stop doing the show and it wasn't because you didn't like the show or you offended somebody and you needed to leave or get canceled or whatever the case may be. It was because your job during the day was so bad it was going to cause you to quit the thing that you liked. Your your passion for life was just getting sucked out of you from the job. That's something that you should have shared. And I said, you know what? When I come back on the following week, I'm going to mention it because in essence, not only in essence, in 100% truth, my wife has saved the show. That's nothing also that I've shared. But there was a very distinct point in time when there was going to be no show. Very real. Meathead is in the green room. We're going to get to him here in just a second. I'll talk to you quickly about Cosmo's Q. Based out of Oklahoma, Cosmo has been providing both backyards and competition cooks with very only the best rub sauces, injection soaks, and brines. Their exclusive wing dust is also available on the market today, so get your hands on that. Best of all, everything made right here in the U.S. with all natural ingredients. Cosmos Q continues to break new ground in rub seasoning sauces and injections. And the results not only proven in the competition trail year after year, but also in the backyards. More and more backyard warriors looking to take that barbecue game to the next level. No better or easier way to do that than by picking up world championship quality rubs, sauces, injections, and marinades. And that's exactly what Cosmos Q brings to your table. Not only is the barbecue game covered, but there's a whole line of products to help amp up the grilling game as well. By the way, Cosmos definitely knows a thing or two about how to grill. He is a world championship steak cook, if you didn't know. So look, if you want to head on over to the website, it's Cosmos with a K, K-O-S-M-O-S, Cosmos, then Q, the letter, then .com, CosmosQ.com. Load up the cart with a whole bunch of stuff. And then at checkout, use promo code SPRINGBBQ10. Spring like the season, BBQ10, all one word. SPRINGBBQ10 will save you 10% off your entire order. So get on over there right now and load up. Don't forget, you can check out their YouTube channel, which is back up and running again. Very popular. You can also check out their very popular recipe section on the website. CosmosQ.com. That's K-O-S-M-O-S. Cosmos with a K, the letter Q.com. And use promo code SPRINGBBQ10 to take advantage of 10% off your entire order each and every time. Pass it around. Tell your friends that you saved a couple bucks using the Barbecue Central Show code SPRINGBBQ10. And we are back with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control devices, ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans, and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or give them a call at 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. And when this song hits the airwaves, it can only mean one thing. It must be the second Tuesday of the month, and that brings a visit from this guy, Meathead from Amazing Ridge. Hey, Meathead. Meathead, I have no volume on you. Are you uh, muted?
Can you hear me now? Hey, there he is. All right. Meathead is joining us from the windy city of Chicago. You can hear me. I can. Yes. Very well. And I just had, I don't, you know, my, my normal browser is Safari, but I use Chrome for this yeah. particular system. Right. And for some reason or other, the sound wasn't going through. All right. Well, but we're back. You sound we're great here. right now, and we are ready to rock here as we begin quarter number two of 2021, if you can believe it or not. We're in April, oh my so God, here is we it really? go. It is going by like a house of, I don't know if house of houses of fire go by, but it's going by at breakneck speed. Perhaps I might have noted in the first Tuesday of the month of this year, 2021 rapidly coming to a close. <laughs> As we say, so I, I I got in around five after eight, and you were talking about reading a new favorite book. Yes, what was it? This perchance? Well, meathead, it is not Andrew. You are not. It is not the cowboy cook book. No, it's not. I'm telling you, you're not. I mean, you wouldn't. There's no way you would guess the book that I'm about to read passages from. But just know that if I'm saying it's my favorite new book. Uh, a, that should jingle something in your brain, and you should also be like, oh, my God, he's going to read something out of a book. <laughs> well, I know you don't read a lot, and I do. Um, and I'd been telling you about this guy, Kent Rollins, and I, he's coming I'm on the hoping show. you can get him on. He's, uh, I told you last month I have him booked. I credited you. You got the book. No, I, I have him booked on the show. Oh, okay. The, his book, yeah. I've been reading it cover to cover. I can't recall the last time I read a cookbook cover to cover. He's a wonderful storyteller, and the stories he tells about the life of a cowboy, real cowboy stories, are just wonderful. Um, uh, give, me, really uh, need to, give me a, an excerpt, for instance. Give me one of your favorite portions. Oh, uh, paraphrase it. You don't have to read it. Uh, I'll pick one out on break here. I don't want to waste you and the audience time. Oh, right. I'll pick one out on break. But every page and all the recipes are just um, full of stories about, th th did you know that they sleep in teepees? Um, Who? Uh, yeah. Um, their greatest fear is crossing a river and being washed off their horse and downstream and never found again because a lot of these cowboys don't know how to swim. Cow Cowboy's um, greatest fear is crossing a stream on the back of a horse? Crossing a river. The Red River, the old Chisholm Trail, the Red River, huh. getting Get, you know, uh, getting swept off their horse, uh, um, and and his recipes all have wonderful stories. Wow! They're they're and and the language, the lingo, the uh, terminologies, the jargon. Uh, it's just, and he's a fine cook, and his recipes are just Americana. Do you think w w is it a reach to say that Kent Rollins is a true sockdologer? A true what? Sockdologer. I don't know what that word means. What? You don't know what sockdologer means? An exceptional no, person something? or thing? No, I, 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 he's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the word. He's a, he's right. a chuck wagon cook. Oh well, yes, that's well, what that's he his, is. That's his nickname. Without, I mean, chuck wagon. That cook. is the description. He's also now a cookbook author and a YouTube yes. star. Yes, but he is a chuck wagon cook. Yes, I can't. I am so looking forward to the conversation that will unfold here in just a matter of you weeks really between myself and Ken. Do Rollins. yourself a favor and buy the damn book and at least thumb through it before you talk to him, because it will generate a bazillion questions. All right, I can guarantee. Okay. Uh, all right. I'll, I I promise you I will get the book. Uh, Meathead, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into some topics. First and foremost, uh, we're a day past it, but why not bring it up since every day has the national everything? Yesterday was National Grilled Cheese Sando Day. Oh, I saw you who post doesn't What's love your favorite grilled cheese? What's your favorite grilled cheese? Um, uh, ham and cheese. Simple. Um, uh, I, I mean, sometimes I'll go for a prosciutto or a capicola Italian hams, um, but um, uh, good old-fashioned American cheese. Now, there. what's interesting is, is there are some cheeses that melt well, and there are some that don't. You can't use just any old cheese in a grilled cheese sandwich. Um, so you need to pick a good melting cheese, mm. and you can make blends. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, something like a Colby with jalapenos in it, 
fun. You want, you want a moist cheese. These dry cheeses like a, uh, a Parmesan or a Romano, uh, not good for a grilled cheese sandwich. Cheddar. Um, but the, the big controversy on grilled cheese sandwiches is, is do you coat the outside with butter or mayonnaise? I say the answer is yes. Either one, frankly. I've done both, and they both work just fine. I like now, mayo. there's another controversy. Instead of coating the outside of the bread, do you ma- melt the butter in the pan yes. and then put the bread in the pan? I find that to be a pain in the ass. I agree. And the butter, if you do it with butter, the butter will brown. Yes. Um, and it can burn. Yes. Now, the other thing is, is getting the cheese melted. And um, uh, you, you want to put a lid on the pan to make sure the heat's trapped. But I say, what's the first word in this dish's name? Grilled. Thank you. Let's take it out to the grill. Oh. Let's make this baby up, butter it or mayonnaise it up, and put it on the grill and get some grill flavor on it. It's just wonderful that way. Put a little ham or prosciutto or uh, capicola or um, uh, uh, pork cheeks. Or, pardon? A scungil? Scu- <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> and uh, and, um, and, and uh, maybe a thin slice of tomato and just grill it up and get some grill flavor on it. When you close the lid, it'll trap the heat and melt the cheese. You'll get some nice grill marks on it, and it will taste marvelous. Can I take you to task on grilled cheese just for a moment? I, I know you're going to take me to task on something else tonight. So yes, that's right. <laughs> so let me let me preemptively take you to task on another task taking. The minute that you add anything other than cheese, does it not then lose the essence of grilled cheese sandwich? If you put a well, ham in there argument. or it's capicole fair. or prosciutto or salumi, or something along these lines, it is now Fair a grilled question. ham and cheese sandwich or Fair whatever question. Well, I mean, you can also look to France for the... Um, uh, nobody's uh, looking to France for anything. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> ham and cheese. Yes. Ham and cheese. They're classics together. Um, I, I don't see anything wrong with uh, throwing a little uh, but you wouldn't go. you wouldn't go to a restaurant. And say, give me a grilled cheese, and then expect to have ham on it. You would order a grilled well, ham and interesting, cheese. Interesting. Interesting. I read a lot, and I read a lot of newspapers. Are you bragging about that you newspapers. read? I read three newspapers every morning, and uh, yesterday I was all, all the news feeds out there were filled with grilled cheese stories. Of course, and um, one of them was. The 26 best grilled cheese sandwiches in New Jersey. <laughs> and you flip what? through there, and these restaurants are are styling, man. I mean, they're just doing all kinds of fun stuff with different kinds of breads and different kinds of cheeses and different kinds of... And they're putting, you know, things like mustard in there and mayonnaise. It's an and, army grilled uh, cheese. Did you know that? when you, My dad oh, used to make grilled cheese. Regular grilled cheese, white bread, American cheese in the middle because that melts the best. And then he put a thin layer of mustard on top of the bread after it was done, and it was called Army Grilled Cheese. I didn't know about that. I don't I don't know if, that's, if they actually made that in the Army, but he called it Army Grilled Cheese, so I've had that before. How about that? It's delicious. Have you but ever had it? I love grilled cheese. No. You haven't no, had I've, mustard I've, on it? No. Oh, you're nope, missing I'll out, Beathead. You think pineapple's yeah, yeah. good off the grill. you got to try grilled I- cheese with mustard. I have at least five different mustards in my refrigerator at the moment. Wow. So I try, I try, uh, try a Plochman's first. Then if you're feeling frisky, I would say a French's. And then if you're really feeling froggy, then you can get into your grainy stuff. But I just right, like Cleveland the plain Boy, yellow. You want to tell us the Plochman's story? No, Plochman is yellow. You're thinking of uh, Berkman's, which is uh, Berkman's Berkman, ballpark. Yes, Berkman is the yes, gray yes. kind of horseradishy uh, flavored mustard. It looks... Uh, I don't know what's the word unsightly, uh, or if uh, if you mention mustard, the color of this one isn't one that you would probably conjure up in your brain. However, on a steamed wiener in Old Lakefront Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio, where even in the middle of the summer in July it was thirty below zero, 
It tasted magical. That bun and the uh, Sugardale hot dog, which is native here to Cleveland, and then that Bertman's ballpark mustard. It was a magic summer meal, I have to tell you. It's really good. And it, it is it is the mustard of Cleveland. Oh, yeah. And it's not found very much outside of Cleveland. No. Well, but no. everybody in Cleveland has a jar of this in the refrigerator. So much so that Iron Chef Michael Simon, who opened Mabel's Barbecue a number of years ago, who I've actually interviewed on the show, his only table barbecue sauce is made with Bertman's Ballpark Mustard. It's a mustard-based mm-hmm. barbecue sauce, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I love mustard-based barbecue sauces. By the way, how's your mustard-based barbecue sauce working out? Uh, we had to we had to deep six it temporarily. I, I've been kind of trying to keep up uh, the story going here, and uh, you've been um, egging me on. But uh, so for people who are late to the story, I have always avoided making a commercial product. I've always said we don't buy and we don't sell anything. We review products, um, we give away recipes, but. Um, I met the people from Old World Spices, and they tried to make the point, they made the point, that our website is so well-known, so popular, that we would do very well with a line of spices and sauces. So, you know, we figured we'd give it a try. And um, we've hooked up with them back in December, and we are now at the final stages of the rubs, um, where they are going into production in the next week or two, we have finalized the label. We meet all the government label requirements. We're happy. It took us three iterations of the, th- we have three rubs, poultry, pork, and red meat. And it took us three iterations to get them where we like them. Uh, we started with recipes from amazingribs.com, but they're not the same by any means. And um, uh, we're all really happy with them. They work really well. We've tested them. Um, and so that's moving ahead. The sauces just are ter- we've just not gotten anywhere. First of all, we signed up with these guys, and then we didn't find out that they don't make sauce. They use a what is called a co-packer. The co-packer and uses a co-packer. Yep. Oh my they, god. A co-pack. If you want to make a sauce or a rub, you go find what they call a co-packer, and Meathead. that's somebody. Look, I'm going to give you a piece of advice right pack- here because while you read 57 newspapers every day. Big fucking deal. I'm a businessman. You tell these people at Old World Spices, F off with the sauce, and then call Matt Barber down in Wachula, Florida, who's a sauce maker, and I guarantee that this guy is going to be able to put some sauce on your table, at least somewhere in the neighborhood. For you to sit here and say this late in the game, when your rubs are getting ready to go, that you've deep-sixed the sauces at this point? That's amazing. That's like saying you were going to write totally. a second book and that you've never wait. Wait a second. Never mind. So I think no, you I need mean, to be well, dealing all, with a sauce guy and not a rub company that then subcontracts out the sauce. That's borderline unprofessional, in my opinion. Well, we, we were kind of surprised, too. <laughs> and, and why wouldn't they say that when, right up front? That's bullshit. I don't know. We I'm calling them, them when we're off the show. I'm calling them directly on your behalf. <laughs> we sent them two sauce recipes, and one of them came back almost perfect. And the other one, the mustard one, was nowhere close. <laughs> but the red one, the Kansas City style, was like almost exactly what we wanted. And then they told us, well, this was a bench sample. We made it up in our lab, but our co-packer will be the one who makes <laughs> it. So we now pass it on to them. And what they made was just nowhere close. <laughs> And we didn't realize, you know, this is we're learning. And this is one of the pitfalls. If anybody out there is thinking about doing this themselves, we're learning. Um, find out in great, greater detail than I did how your co-packer does business. They don't do sauces. So they're going to send it out to a co-packer. Well, we are now shopping for co-packers. In fact, Greg, if you will send me an email with the info on the uh, co-packer you just mentioned, I will talk to yeah. them. But uh, we we are we are nowhere with our sauce yet. Also, we, we are done with the three rubs. In the instant chat, uh, a fellow Chicagoan is that what they say? Uh, Steve Lulos from Veterans Q Sauce and Rub says that there are plenty of really good co-packers right in the Chicagoland oh, yeah. area. 
Right. Tone is one of the biggest in the country. They're right. They're about two miles from my house. So, yes, we will um, look into them. And our our my former right hand man, Chef Ryan, is now working with Buddig and Buddig is making Kingsford's barbecue and he's recommending. So so there's co-packers out the wazoo. Oh, for sure. It's just that we thought by now we would also have one or two sauces ready and we don't have any sauce ready so well, we'll i'm gonna send you three rubs i'll send you matt barber's with, info it's gonna be please. i think it would be worth reaching out to him he might uh he might even have some better like initial run options than some of these other guys that might demand please, that you i'd have be happy run. to talk to him right all right so uh, that's where we're at so we're, we're close with the rubs correct we're 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 going to start production any day now. Okay. And then when will they be ready for sale at that point? I'm hoping by end of this month, maybe early in May. All right. But the, um, one of the reasons we chose Oda, uh, Old World Spices is they have distribution relationships with most of the major hardware chains with Lowe's and Home Depot and Ace and so we'll go into their program and be sold alongside of the other sauces and rubs that they already make and sell to them. They don't sell to groceries. So we need to figure out if we want to sell in groceries, how to do that. And I haven't a clue, but I know it's a very nasty business. What about uh, Walmart? You want to get into Walmart? Well, I'd like to, but I know that that's a pretty high hurdle. And I know that, um, Malcolm Reed just broke into Walmart, yes. and uh, I know that's not easy to do. Um, I haven't thought that far ahead. I just want to get these damned rubs on the market and see how the market responds to them. We like them, but you know that doesn't mean they're any good. That doesn't mean that people well out there will like them. I'm optimistic, but um, and then I want to get these sauces made. So we'll see. All right, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com is joining us here on the show. That is your monthly rub and sauce update. Sounds like the rubs will be ready, if not <laughs> end of this month, then uh, we can look uh, early part of next month. Meathead, hold on. I will do a piece of business, and then we will come right back. We'll talk about the uh, 2021 meetup, and then we'll talk about what people should be looking for if they want to buy some grills and or barbecue pits here over the next uh, couple months as we lead into the summer. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything over there has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. They have 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Double Secret Steak Rub, Regular money, happy ending, the list goes on. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody, give Granny's a try if you're sick and tired of what's out there currently. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also have a great offering of pellet charcoal and wood cookers. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers is the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right. Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're not sure of what grill you need, can't go wrong with anything they're offering. You can call with your questions, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. Dot com and we are back with more meathead from amazingribs.com right after this stick around Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central show. This portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com, that's C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com, for more information or to purchase or to look at some of their other products. You can also buy from Amazon.com as well. And we are rejoined by Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Right, Meathead, so uh, where are we... Uh, last month, it was still full go on the 2021 meetup in Memphis. Are we still a go on that? No. 
No. We pulled the plug. All right, what happened? Um, um, we had sold it out. 400 attendees was maximum capacity. We had uh, about 12 of the 16 exhibitor spaces sold out. But um, people started canceling. Um, they're still concerned about COVID. Um, it is scheduled. It was scheduled for the last weekend in August. Um, the hope is that by then we will be approaching herd immunity. Um, but, um, there are enough people who are concerned that that won't be the case, that, um, there may still be travel advisories that will prevent them from traveling. So we pulled the plug. Um, this is the second time we had it scheduled in 2020. Um, we rescheduled it for August 21 and now it is scheduled for March 18 through 20 in Memphis same hotel, same schedule, same speakers, same plan, but we've pushed it back till March. The, the weather will be nicer in Memphis in March than it, it will be in late August. Um, but, um, you know, we're uh, it, it, this COVID thing has just screwed everybody's lives up. And, uh, hey, you know, I'm alive and uh, it could be a lot worse. Uh, does the hotel and like, I, I don't know what the logistics are, but are you having to touch base with everybody and saying, hey, it's not panning out the way we thought it would. And can we move back yet another set of months? And everybody's like, yeah, no problem. Um, we are reaching. We have reached out to everybody to tell them that it's been canceled. Um, we have this odd problem. Not everybody reads their emails. And we're really trying to make sure that everybody is notified. I have this nightmare that at the end of August, people are going to fly into Memphis and show up at the Peabody and there's nothing there. Um, so we're getting ready next week to send out another newsletter to everybody who's registered and tell them, click this link to confirm you have read this fucking email. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, those who don't click the link, we're going to call them on the phone ah. um, to make sure they know that we've changed the program. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, that, that that's an issue out there. Um, we're, we haven't signed the final contract with the hotel yet. That should be done any minute now. But there's this really fascinating clause for this sort of events in hotel contracts, it's called the force majeure clause, yeah. which is essentially means acts of God. And it, it it's a legal a bunch of legalism that says under what circumstances can you cancel without paying a penalty? And um, we're having a little tug of war over, you know, right now my fear is, is that there are new varieties of this virus cropping up. And if everybody gets vaccinated, then they have a little, very little chance of catching on. But if a large percentage of the population doesn't get vaccinated, then these new varieties can take off and they may not be as uh, they may be resistant to some of the vaccinations. So we're concerned by the great number of people who won't get vaccinated. And will there be another wave of a subsequent virus by March. And so we're trying to build in on the contract, a clause that will give us an escape. Um, hotels are not fond of that idea. Can you, I mean, at this point, can you just cancel it and say no expectations going forward other than we will do another one, but not until everything clears up to our satisfaction. And that yes, way you're can. not on the hook. We're, we're, Why not do that? We're discussing that. Pardon? Why not just do that now? You don't want to get to March again, potentially, and then have to back out again. It's going to start to look bad. And through no fault yeah, of well, your own, right? Yeah, yeah we're, we're discussing it. I mean, it's just that we've put so much energy into it and so much time into it. And it's an idea whose time has come that there's never been a, a conference, a festival, uh, a nationwide um, uh, get-together for people who love the barbecue for the, the, your audience. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I'm just reluctant to give up on it. But, yeah, it's definitely on the table. But here's the good news. 
I understand emotionally that you don't want to throw in the proverbial towel at this moment, but all of the mm. groundwork has been laid. All of the work has put in. So you can take this and then just set it yep. off to the side. You don't have to relearn from ground zero. You can just, at the point, everybody yep. feels comfortable both from a consumer side, both from an amazing rib side, from a hotel side, all of that. Once everybody feels good, then you just go back and pick these boxes up, put them back down, and then you can quickly start from where you left off. So it's not a complete rebuild. But don't let emotions get in the way of a decent business decision at this point and say, hey, you know what? We want to do Nobody wants to do this more than us for all of the reasons that you just said that. But we can't do it in good faith knowing that there's maybe a pretty good chance at this point that when March approaches, we're going to be pushing off again until that June or then again through mm-hmm. that fall. And who wants to keep doing that? Yeah, no, you've got a great point there, and that's very much on my mind. Um, we were smart, and we put essentially all the down payments and deposits, deposits that people made, yeah. and they're all sequestered, so... I mean, if I have to make full refunds, I can do it. Um, but, um, the, the, you know, your advice is being considered. Meathead, I had Robert Moss on a few weeks ago. And boy, mm-hmm. oh boy, I did he... To that now, session. look, this is nothing... I didn't have anything to do with this. He was getting ready to come on for another segment. He said, oh, by the way, just kind of threw a little grenade my way and said, oh, by the way, I'll have, a, I'll have something to follow up on Meathead's Katz's Deli claim that they're the oldest, uh, you know, continuously family-run, whatever the whole deal is, uh, in the country. And I was like, oh, well, that's odd. Maybe it's even older than we think. And then, Well, let me lay the background here. Go ahead. I have stated with um, a great deal of irony that it appeared to me that Katz's Delicatessen in Lower Manhattan on Houston Street, not Houston, right, um, is the oldest barbecue joint in America, which um, ticks some people off no end because it's a Jewish deli, but they have been smoking brisket specifically to make pastrami and and sausages and salamis and other things since 1888. And I thought that that made them, therefore, the oldest barbecue joint in America, and I had said so in print. And you can take it from here. And then Robert came on a couple weeks ago and quickly tracked down the beginnings of Katz's Deli, and it wasn't originally named Katz's Deli, and then this Katz fellow joined any number of years uh, later with the original uh, two owners, I think it was, and then uh, eventually ended up buying them. But the time frame that Robert Moss ended up laying was somewhere between 11 and 15 years um, off of what we were originally thinking when uh, you and I were talking. Uh, to the point where yep. uh, the cats that was buying in originally w- was, you know, uh, uh, like an adolescent at that point. I mean, he wasn't 18 even to uh, be an adult mm-hmm. by age and then run a business. So it was uh, quite a sizable chunk taken out of what we thought might be the oldest running barbecue joint. And then somehow, of course, the oldest think- barbecue joint makes its way back down to Texas, of course, because they got to have everything. <laughs> Except a, a working Moss, electrical system. They don't have that, but they want to have everything else. <laughs> I think Moss um, uh, determined that uh, the uh, continuous operation and uh, of the brand and the location and everything uh, was somewhere around 1910, not 1888, as I had um, stated. Yeah, I think that was right. Yeah, right around 18, 1910, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I was basing... Uh, my information on um, on Katz's, and uh, that turned out to be a mistake. Um, Mr. Moss, who Dr. is Moss. the the leading um, culinary historian in the barbecue space, um, uh, took his time and energy to uh, research it and found out the facts. And it was pretty neat. Good story. Late. Yeah. I mean, I don't like to see Meathead yeah. get corrected yep. ever, by the way. We don't, I, I just like that more than anybody except you. But uh, he was uh, very researched and thorough, and it was uh, a cool yep. story to hear on top of all of that. Yep. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, Meathead, Do, I the, don't recall the name. What was the barbecue joint in Texas? 
Oh, uh, uh, one of them. Southside Market and Barbecue, was, I think, is Southside. Right, they sponsor you. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they I, had done so around. for a number of years. Elgin, Texas, is the one down there. <clears throat> now the, the the issue there is <clears throat> they actually shut down for about four or five years, and um, there was this gap in their history. So I don't know. I, you know, I don't know how all this shakes out. Is that, Meathead, I don't want to go journalist on you, but operating. do you know that they were not continuously operating? Do you know that to be true, as you once I'm coined a phrase? I'm pretty sure. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's on their website, among other things. All right. So we'll, I'm sure uh, Robert Moss is feverishly penciling this down to check when he comes back on. Oh, he knows this. So I'm sure. He knows everything. That's right. So uh, Plus, he's a guy that is on the Barbecue Hall of Fame uh, Names Committee, which... Uh, by the way, uh, there, we are seven days away from the nominations being shut down for 2021. So if there's somebody in the barbecue community that you feel has a name that is worth putting in the hopper to be considered, you've done a justice because that person's name will remain in what I affectionately refer to as the big holding tank for five years. And then if that name eventually gets through the, uh, let's call it the... Uh, what did they call them? Uh, what was the the, the uh, mafia syndicate in New York City called? Uh, between the five Made families, man? the uh, the the uh, oh my god! I just watched you, it. Doesn't matter. Uh, I want to say it's like the council. Man? Yeah, no, you can't be a made man because you're not from Sicily and you're not Italian. So you have to. Those are two big <laughs> items in order Italian. to get a man. Not good enough for you to be a made man. Um, but uh, I think it was called the corporation or something along the way. So the five families would meet, and they deciphered all the business that was going around New York City at that point. The family. But this is uh, something uh, akin to that. So if you if the names are all the names in the Big Hopper are talked about, and then somehow they whittle it down to nine, we call that the semifinalist. And I'll talk about uh, more about that in the second hour. Uh, culminating a few weeks later after a vote, uh, the three finalists uh, that will make up then the class of 2021's Barbecue Hall of Fame. So we'll see if you uh, if you happen to cross back over that fence again for a third year in a row. <laughs> the Susan Lucci. Um, I believe there's also there now this, um, legacy. this category, the legacy category. Yes. Um, uh, in which uh, which is separate now, I guess from the other category I'm, I'm not really clear on it um you know i've been nominated twice and not elected yet yet i hope um but I, i'm just not paying that much attention this year um which probably is a good idea um but um the legacy the category used to be they, there were just three people picked every year now they've split into two categories and the legacy legacy category includes people like lems Lim from Lim's Barbecue in Chicago, who has been deceased for many no, for a number of many years, but uh, uh, th that's I think a nice move, a good idea. So I think w what they're trying to accomplish here, I'll get more from Emily Park in a couple weeks. The uh, legacy portion of this, uh, and that will be announced when the twenty twenty one class is also announced. These are all members that have uh, passed away, and I think there was some kind of a. Uh, I don't know, not let down, but you want, I think there's an, and there's an expectation that you want to see uh, living Hall of Fame members take their awards and give a speech and all this stuff. And obviously people that have passed away are, are, are uh, currently unavailable to do that uh, going forward. Well, probably, probably their worst nightmare would be three dead people got in. Yeah, because then you're, you know, either nobody shows up for it or an extended mm -hmm. family, nobody has the buy-in, whatever. So now they have this legacy category where I think they were going to put in at least three to five every year of uh, folks that have passed away and then they will have Makes their great sense. Yeah, of course. And that way yeah, historically there's some really great people. And it's more than just three people going in every year. I mean typically now we could be looking somewhere between five to eight, maybe ten, depending on how many legacy members are going to be putting in uh each and every year. So we'll see how that unfolds. But you have the point of the matter as we broached away from it is you have exactly one week to nominate somebody if you feel that they are worthy of consideration from the names committee 
Uh, just pop them in there. Then you don't even have to do it again for another four or five years. Their name is good in that hopper for five years. It recirculates, and eventually they will decay off, and you would have to vote for them again. Well, I, I think you know if you're thinking about nominating somebody, you might think about somebody who has a special place in the world of barbecue, who owns a unique perspective, yep. maybe perhaps the only real broadcaster in the barbecue universe, who has interviewed uh, just about everybody under the sun and educated um, uh, vast numbers of people about cooking technique and competition. Uh, that kind of person might be a good person to nominate. Well, I don't know about that, but that sounds like me. So go ahead. <laughs> Have at it if you're so inclined. Uh, likewise, of course, Meathead, I mean, you've uh, crossed over into the finalists now twice in as many years, so we'll see if uh, you make it. I think you make it into the nine this year. I would bet at least 200 of my special dollars that you would cross into the Hall of Fame in 2021, and we'll see if that happens. But I've been pretty good at betting. I'd be flattered and honored. Yes, no doubt about it. So uh, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining us here. we got a couple minutes left, uh, Meathead. Let's talk about... Your advice, this has got to be you know, easily one of the most rampant questions, especially this time of the year, is I want to get a new cooker, or which new cooker should mm -hmm. I get? So instead of saying buy a this brand or a that brand, what are three or four things that you always, from a high level, tell people that they want to figure out first before they, they then go buy a name brand this or that? Well, let's approach it this way. If you had enough room in your backyard, and you ha wanted to have a arsenal, um, I, I would start with a really good charcoal grill that you could divide into two zones because grilling, high temperature, searing, steaks, burgers, requires two-zone cooking, a hot zone and a cool zone. So I would start there. Um, I would look for something with a lid that is fairly tight so you can control airflow. Um, then I would consider a gas grill. Um, and, uh, the, you know, the, the advantage of gas grill is it's quick, it's easy, it's simple, there's much less cleanup. Um, but if you can, look for something with um, a really good infrared burner. Now, those infrared burners, especially the ones that are ceramic honeycombs, can get really fantastically hot, steakhouse hot, and I'm here to tell you, and I know there's going to be a lot of groaning and moaning out there when I say this, but with one of those um, sear burners, you would be very hard-pressed to tell the difference between a steak cooked over one of those and cooked over a charcoal grill. Oh my. Um, it's all about infrared energy. It's all about energy, not heat, not temperature. It's energy, and we can get into the physics and everything. Uh, but when charcoal is fully lit and giving its maximum energy, it doesn't give out a lot of smoke. Charcoal is for heat. Wood is for flavor. Yes. You use the wood to flavor. So um, charcoal grill, gas grill, um, you need a smoker. Um, there's a lot of sexiness in an offset smoker, but they're difficult to operate. And if you're going to do it right, you really need to tend to them, stay by them. If you're burning logs, especially, um, uh, if you want something that looks macho, look at one of these barrel smokers. They look like a 55-gallon drum. Some of them have gotten very creative, very clever, um, and they're not terribly expensive, and they look macho. They're going to make you look like a real man. Totally. Um, and, and they smoke lovely. Um, if you want something that is really easy to operate and money is no object, set it and forget it. Look at a pellet smoker. Um, these are not good for grilling. They're not good for searing a steak. Um, they're essentially an oven like your indoor oven. Uh, it's a lot of warm air, but you can get a nice delicate smoke flavor. You're not going to get that big strong smoke flavor you get when you burn logs, but they're set it and forget it. Uh, you can walk away. A lot of them have apps that will run on your smartphone that allow you to control them with your smartphone. Um, I'm not a fan of the app world. I mean, I pretty much just, I have a, I have a Mac two star. You mentioned them earlier. Big Papa smokers sells them. I love my Mac two star. 
Um, uh, but um, and it has uh, the Wi-Fi. I don't use it. I just, you know, I set it and I walk away. Um, I'll occasionally go out there and stick a thermopen in there or something, but I don't need to monitor it on my smartphone. Um, the other thing that I think is 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 hot right now and is very inexpensive, around two hundred bucks, are these griddle um, units. Uh, uh, these are flat tops, like you see in a in Joe's Diner. Um, great for doing eggs sunny side up, uh, for doing bacon, burgers, and get a good flat. You know, get your 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 diner burgers, sear, uh, smash burgers, yep. uh, even hot dogs and sausages, and they're cheap, uh, very inexpensive. Um, that's a pretty thorough arsenal yep. right there. Am I skipping anything, Greg? Oh, no, I think that sounds pretty good to me. You almost got one of everything. You got the gas grill, you got the charcoal grill, you have a a offset or barrel cooker if you want to use one of those, and then as you said, you have uh, the flat tops are all the rage right now, so. Uh, they got uh, accessories that you can put on a charcoal or a gas grill if you don't want to get a standalone unit. But I say as many as your wife or significant other will allow you to get in space <laughs> that you have in the backyard. Why not load up and, and not be uh, cornered by anything? Now, if you don't have all that space, you can take a charcoal grill and set it up so that it can smoke very nicely. Yes. For example, the Weber kettle. Um, there's an insert for it called the slow and sear, which does a great job of creating a two zone system. And it also in, improves your searing if you're doing steaks. So you don't necessarily need the smoker, but you can't smoke a lot of product that way. It's small real amount of real estate, but you can still do two or three slabs of ribs or a brisket. Um, and uh, you don't need a big smoker. If you don't want to buy a griddle, you can buy a griddle topper that goes on your gas grill. Yep. You can get a cast iron from, um, uh, um, oh gosh, what's the cast iron company? That's Lodge. Uh, Lodge, thank you. Lodge sells a really nice cast iron griddle or a frying pan. You can use a cast iron frying pan yep. on top of your gas grill and get a, th the same effect. Um, so there are shortcuts you can take. You don't have to have one of each. But that pretty much is the range of cooking styles, and each of them gives you unique flavors. Variety is the spice of life. This is what we have learned Amen. with Meathead. You can find him, of course, at AmazingRibs.com, and you can find him here on the second Tuesday of every month here in the first hour. Meathead, always appreciate the time. Hey, always great talking to you in the Centralites in Cleveland, Ohio. All right, there he is, Meathead, everybody. Yeah, from the Windy City. Don't worry, Meathead. I will get you that contact information for one Matt Barber as soon as the show ends this evening. Mentioning pellet cookers, by the way, I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. A couple different choices to choose from. A choice line and a prime line. If you want to save a couple bucks, you don't need the app stuff that Meathead had talked about or some of the other technology. Choice line is the right one for you. Now, if you want to kick it up a little bit, if you like app control and Wi-Fi connectivity and internal meat probes, things of this nature. Prime Plus is the one you want to look at. Again, a little bit more. However, more of a robust build on the chassis, peak and windows in the main cooking chamber, pellet hopper, two internal meat probes, app connectivity, Wi-Fi connectivity, all that fun stuff. Even lights on the inside of the cooker if you want. It's up to you. They sell through a dealer network, so find one near you, then go to the dealer, get educated, take it home, and you'll have success right off the bat. It's GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And we are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. This portion being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home. You're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com. 
or call 816-945-2232. That's Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro. That's right. All right, we thank Meathead for joining us for the two segments last hour. This hour, I guess I should say. Oh, no. I'm not ready for that. i got to quickly dash over to this so I can talk diligently. Does that get me where I want to go? Could be. Amazingribs.com. That's amazingribs.com. That's for Meathead. You can find them here on the second Tuesday of the month. And that was some good high-level information on if you're looking to add things to the arsenal during the grilling and barbecue season in 2021. We are heading to the second hour of Fresh Libations, and we'll be right back. Stick around. Stick around. 